Good, <laughs> good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning. I mean, good morning. This oh, is uh, this is the season. Sickness around. I know, and I'm not sick. I feel great. Just to be clear, me too. I do feel great, and I just want to say welcome to feeling great because that's what we're going to help you do today on the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and we are here to talk about all things tasty and food and luscious and healthy and. Cheaty and oh yeah, it's been a day. <laughs> all the things, all the food things we are here to talk to you about. So thank you for joining us on this beautiful, bright and clear, a little bit crisp Saturday morning. It um, is the north after all. It is the north, and you know what happens in the north? Everything. But you know where we? You know what we build in the north? We build a snack ship. I have to talk to you about the snack ship. Okay. Your snack ship is incredible. Um, so, gang, you guys have known we've talked about, we've snack, talked about stadiums snack stadiums for a long time on this show. For the Super Bowlers, for even party game dayers, uh, game day partiers, I guess, is uh, the fact that we have done. Um, we've talked about building snack stadiums, which are these things. I asked a couple people yesterday. Do you guys know what a snack stadium is? It's still not. As widely known we as are, I think it is, we think because we're in the zeit, we, we're yeah. in the zeitgeist. Yeah. So we think that like anything that we think or say, everybody's in the loop, but they're not. They're not. So snack stadiums are uh, sort of a buffet, if you will, for your party. If you're having a Super Bowl party or, or a football party, and you have you're going to put out all the snacks, people have done this thing where they put them into the shape of a football stadium. And if you look up snack stadium or snackadium. Online, you can Google it, and it's on the Pinterest, it's on the Instagrams, it's all over the place. You'll see these amazing structures. So we decided at the magazine that we were going to go ahead and make a snack stadium for the Super Bowl issue, which we you know we uh, uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine will have the host committee guide in our next issue. Okay, so it's this sort of we've done an entirely themed Minnesota issue. Um, kind of leading towards the football thing, but not all football. There's a lot of information in there. Um, so I thought we should build a snack stadium as sort of an homage, you know, to the to the Super Bowl party at home. And as I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was looking at all the snack stadiums online, I kind of thought, you know what, these are these are all kind of boring. Like I'm sort of like they're all the same, you know. And I just felt like there was something more epic we could do. And I was looking at the actual building, the U.S. Bank Stadium itself, yep. thinking, could I possibly make one that looks exactly like that? And that is not something you should try, I feel like. <laughs> did you try? No. Okay, because the toothpick guy did. I know, but Have I Have you don't, seen the toothpick That rendering? is art. Like, yeah. this is snacks. A man made the stadium out of toothpicks. That is art. And I appreciate that, but oh my God, I can't make sandwiches look like that. You know? <laughs> no, you can't make no. sandwiches look like that. So I basically uh, said, here's what I want to do. I looked at the stadium and I saw the Viking ship out front and I thought, wait a minute, we need to make a snack ship because we're Vikings we, and and we want to be marauders and pillagers and the whole thing. And, and I just thought, seriously, it's easier to get into. <laughs> so I, as I looked at this picture that you posted in Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, and we will put this on our Facebook page too, mm-hmm. and it is on your Facebook page, I think right now yeah. uh, at Steph March. Um. As I look at this, I felt like, I bet you Stephanie March designed this. 
it looks like like with the face and the head and the way you've got things lined up and the epic size of it because it's five it's feet five long. feet long did I could you have... literally design it yeah i knew it yeah it's great this is all i mean well i mean i didn't let's just be clear that took a team to build of this course, and if you watch there's a video long. yeah if you watch the video jimmy eagle um is our photographer carrie set her home she was the food she was the food designer you know what i mean like she's the stylist she helped make yep. it look photo beautiful but basically i have this cute i should show you the schematic that i have of me in my kitchen table and Jake and I sitting there we went and bought a bunch of Devani's hoagies and we started stacking things I mean I had 12 Devani's hoagies sitting in my living room and we were stacking sandwiches to make sure that they would stack yeah and that they wouldn't fall over and how many high could we go and if I put a beer can underneath it how's that gonna look and so we did this thing and we did and I said late I said I'm gonna lay down and you're gonna mark on this sheet of parchment paper are you five feet tall I'm five feet tall <laughs> is that it I'm five feet one and a half I know you're like a mini I'm me like, I've got five Five feet one and a half. A I'm mighty mic. That's two. it. Not a mini me. You're a mighty mic. I just, but I project vocally at about six foot three. So oh, just to be clear. absolutely right. So anyway, so I laid down and we marked it out. And you and can I thought, drink like a six foot three person. Let's just go there. Let's too. be honest. Sorry. So I, I have. Uh, so then it was like, well, how many sandwiches does it take? Well, it takes seventy five Devani's hoagies, six inch hoagies, to make that ship. I mean. It was like, okay, let's do it. And Devani's was on board and they sent us the sandwiches and we just went nuts with it. And we thought, okay, let's just fill it with whatever we can fill it. And so we did Kowalski's guacamole, but we thought it was all Minnesota product. That's, That's what the I loved point. about it. And then we did Totino's pizza rolls. And we didn't want to be like super artisan. Like we didn't want to be like, oh, you can have this handcrafted pulled cheese That is thing. not a snack That's, stadium. <laughs> That's not a snack ship, right? So we were like, forget it. We're just going to make sure it was, you know, we got great salsa. We got double take, uh, my friend, Bernie Dallin, he has great salsa, the machismo double take salsa. We got Crybaby Craig's hot sauce in there. We got all sorts of great stuff. The I think one of my couple favorite pieces, just structurally looking at it, what is the um, stern made of, or the, what is it called? The, the mast. What is the mast made out of? In the what middle? are the round things? Those are mini donuts. Okay, that's, <laughs> I thought so. So that's hilarious. And then the lefsa... Sales, sales are tremendous. There, so we and I literally was trying not to have to anything that you have to build. I wanted this to be sort of just placed. Assembly. Yeah. And so, but I will say if you do want to do a Lefsa sale, we did get balsa wood, you know, from a craft store from Michael's and we just sort of built a little team and literally we took like tacks and little bits of, you know, to stick it together yep. to make a sale. So it's really easy to do. And, um, and then we just draped the Lefsa on there. I know. It's amazing. And then we we gilded the lily by covering the mast with mini donuts. That's how I figured. Because I figured if you're really going to have like marauding Vikings, like someone's going to have to take that ship down. You know, <laughs> like I'm thinking people are going to come up and they're going to dip their guacamole. They're going to, you know, grab a little piece of Heggie's pizza. You know, they're going to be nice about it in the beginning. And then by the end, they're going to start eating the sandwiches off the hull. And someone's going to need to be like, roar and take down that ship. So I will say that. So that was the snack ship. And here's the deal, you guys. If you guys want to make a snack ship, we put up a how-to guide basically telling you how to do it. So you can do one for your Super Bowl party or for your Vikings party this weekend if you're cheering on to banish the ghost of 2009 uh, with the Saints game. And then um, here's the other thing. Send us a snack ship at to the MSPMag.com with the hashtag snack ship and we'll post your picture. And then here's the big news. And I'm going to, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week, okay. but we are going to be building a snack ship, a giant snack ship downtown during the Super Bowl. Oh, for yeah. people to eat. Well, we're doing, we're doing sort of a spectacle and then it's going to be kind of a massive, it's going to be bigger than the five foot one that we built. 
And it's going to feature local restaurants and all their stuff, too. So we're going to blow it out. I know. What a great idea. I know. And I don't want to say exactly where and when because I want to get that committed and set in stone. And so next week we'll have that news and you guys can come down and hang out and help with the build and do whatever. It'll be great. Okay. That is amazing. So that's Snack Ship. There it is. I'm glad it's done. I mean, I'm glad it's out there. I love it. It's really cool stuff. You guys did just a great job. It was fun. It's so awesome. Now I want a sandwich. I'll be honest with you. Like I look at that and I think I want a hoagie every time. Those Devani hoagies are good too. They're the best. I actually like love those. Do you really? Yeah. Of course, I love everything right now because I'm not eating anything (laughs) worthwhile or bready or yeasty. Can I say your picture of your lunch yesterday just kind of made me sad? That was the, the... like, okay. it just made me a little sad. I mean, are we going to talk about it? Yes. I mean, we, we, I actually have it planned for a segment because okay. okay. I want to, if you're doing like Whole30 or even if you're just dieting or you're dry January, I realize this is a food show and it's completely boring to talk about. However, I think people really are trying to reset. I think it's so totally part of the deal. I would like to spend just a little more time talking about <laughs> what I'm doing, the successes I've had. And perhaps there's been a failure. But before we do that, okay. can we just say goodbye to Mavericks? Yeah. Mavericks on Larpenter closed. Yep. And I'll be honest, I hadn't been there in a while, but I you loved it. I was there last month. Okay. I was just there because I used to go with my laptop because it was an off the grid space. Even though it's a very popular space, it was off the grid enough where nobody would talk to me. I would sit in the corner. I'd eat two roast beef sandwiches and I would just do work. I wrote a bunch of stuff there. I love that. I know. And I'm very sad because I had no idea that they were near the end. Yeah. And I think it was a purposeful decision on their part. It I sounds, think they were just done with it. Yeah. It sounds like they just decided that. And that's the thing is like I was on NPR and talking about restaurant closings and how it is. Part of the deal is that it's just time for some people. Well, and their two brothers started it. And yeah. the one brother was killed in a car crash with his two children. Mm-hmm. And the other brother continued on. You know, it's a it's a hard life, you guys. Restaurant work yes. is a hard life. I got an email from a woman who was saying the Viking bar also closed. Yes. And I had made a mention of like, you know, some guy who loves the dive bar live music life should go after it. And she was like, well, what about a girl? I want to do that. And I'm like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, go ahead and do it. It's a hard life. I'm not saying that a woman can't. I'm just saying I'm that was just not my intention. But it is a really rough life. It is a hard life. Yeah. And like people have the fantasies and the ideas behind, you know, they're all like, I want to own a bar and I want to own a shop and this would be great. It's not easy, kids. No, but you can do it. I mean, lots of people do and have good lives. Super true. It just takes a lot of work. It just takes a lot of work. It's a lot different than I think most people think. I think so too. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Whole30 and kind of what I'm doing. Uh, Thanks to Red Cow and Red Rabbit, I did actually go to Red Rabbit on my Whole30. So I can tell you that that's a great place to go to find things that you can eat. Good. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back. Good morning and welcome back to The Weekly Dish. We are presented by our friends at Red Cow and Red Rabbit. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And I had decided, I I was sick a lot between November and the holiday. I had like two colds. I had a bladder infection. I was like, what is going on with my immune system? I just need to clear out the crap. Yeah. So I decided I would try Whole30. I had been dabbling with it. I owned all the books. I had done a little bit of it before. I was like, I'm really going to do this for 30 days. And here's the rules. No sugar, no alcohol, no grains, no beans, no dairy, no MSG or sulfites and no supposed baked goods or junk foods or treats with approved ingredients. So I was like, okay, I can do this. This just is going to require me to get serious about cooking because you have to control by, by cooking what you are eating. You are controlling a lot of the ingredients in your food. Yep. So 
it was really great when I started out. I cooked a bunch of meals. I had a freezer full of food. I had a refrigerator full of food. I felt great. Yep. The first week, I just felt great. I had so much energy. I was actually barely sleeping. Yeah, you were a little bit jazzed last. Do you remember last week? <laughs> oh, it was last week. You the were one a little bit I, lit. <laughs> I talked a mile a minute. Yeah. It, that was literally just from, I think, the feeling of all of this food. So I was excited about that. And everyone around me was like getting sick and I was feeling so good. I was exercising a lot, five times a week, and I had a lot of energy. The second week, it was feeling like, okay, I can't really cook that much because I literally have an entire house full of food. Well, you have to eat the food. Yeah. So I need to eat the food down in order to continue to make this work. So I made some sauces because sometimes when you're on your third day of eating pulled pork, yeah, it's not that exciting. And no. it's just like it becomes food and not like fun. Mm-hmm. So I looked at Project, Project Vibrancy Meals. Our friend Stephanie Meyer sent me her PDF with some recipes and she has a green verde that's made out of capers and lemons and olive oil and um, lime juice. And it. It really helped brighten up a lot of my food for the week. Yes. Um, I also made some meatballs and I made some chicken soup and some stock. So I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating down the refrigerator. I'm eating down the freezer. I'm still feeling good. Yeah. I had a day where I had a headache, kind of low energy, headachey day. But really, all in all, I was feeling really good. But I also wasn't going anywhere. Like I was, tr- I, I went to Red Rabbit for brunch with friends. Yeah. And I loved that because they, I had steak I had their be- I had eggs, their beautiful Italian sausage that they make there, which, by the way, was delicious. They make it homemade. And then I asked for an arugula salad. like So I could eat breakfast. That was fine. I had a mocktail that they mm-hmm. made for me, which was great. But as the week wore on, and I'm now into week two and day 10, day 11, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I want to drink so bad. I want a glass of wine. Like, this is just feeling like... yeah. I, when people would ask me out to dinner, I was like, well, I don't know. Can we do coffee instead? Maybe we can do lunch. Maybe we can do breakfast. I was trying to think of meals I could manage. Mm-hmm. I was eating the refrigerator out. It got to Friday and my lunchbox, which I posted because it was so sad, was a package of Applegate Farms turkey breast, which I was literally just shoving in my mouth. Uh, some soups I had in the ref- freezer that I, I ate a soup for breakfast. I had a soup for lunch. <laughs> I'm eating slices of turkey all day. I had a handful of nasty strawberries that I had to eat or get rid of, so I shoved those down. <laughs> I had an egg that I'd been carrying around in lunch boxes, so it's not freeze refrigerator, then it's in the refrigerator, then it's not in the refrigerator. And I opened it up to eat it, oh, and it was like, okay, this just stinks. I can't eat this. Yeah. So I got kind of dejected. And then I was going out to dinner with some friends. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, one glass of champagne won't hurt me. I can do that. So I ordered the champagne. I got meat. I got potatoes. I got Swiss chard. So I ate okay. Yeah. And then I had a glass of red wine. And then to top it all off, as we go to have our nightcap in front of the fire, a soda water just didn't seem like it was going to cut it. <laughs> and they all ordered Bailey's on the rocks. And I didn't want like another drink drink because I was going to have to walk home. So I just was like, yeah, I'll have a Bailey's on the rocks, which is basically mainlining sugar. Yeah. So 100%. I blew it. You I totally blew, blew it, it on day 13. Most people blow it. The number one day people blow it is day 11. Yeah. So I made it through that day. So now I'm kind of stuck. 
Well, I mean, like, like you didn't what like, do I do? Well, you didn't end it. I mean, like, no. did you? It didn't like it isn't a program where you go. Oh, now you're done. Like it's over. Like you can start again today. Yes, but you're technically the right supposed to now. I'm supposed to start again on day one. Oh God, really? I'm not that committed to it. I no. am not doing this for autoimmune reasons right. or for allergy restriction right. reasons. I'm doing it to feel better. I have a headache today. I feel kind of sluggish. That's, I feel disappointed in myself. I, that's the part I don't like. I don't like that you have assigned like a failure to this for you. And that's hard for me because what you did was you answered a need for yourself. And in your, whether it was an emotional need, whether it was a, you know, psychological, whether it was your body saying, you know, we need to relax or I need something, you were feeling something. And I'm not saying that you are, that that's what we should be doing all the time. Cause that of course is a different sort of a food that goes into another place in the spectrum. But I don't like the way that it's like you did, you kind of, you, you answered a need that you were feeling and it made you feel better. And now you hate yourself for it. But and I don't like that. I want to move. I want to keep doing it. I want to move on. And that's the I was going to say is you will because, because you are searching for betterness. You're paying the price right now with your headache and not feeling as great as you probably would. And so that will then change your habits. But and that's what I've that's what I want to go away from this with and leave here sort of in this conversation. So tonight I have another dinner party. And I know she's making fajitas so that there's stuff that I can eat because she knows I'm on Whole30. But she's also doing like a tequila tasting. There's a bunch of couples bringing different salsas, different tequilas. So I'm like, oh, that's going to be hard. She goes, well, you can bring your paleo tortillas if you want or just eat the stuff. But I'll have stuff for you to eat. Great. Very kind. Yep. Do I go another day and then clean it up again? Or here? And, and this is what I'm learning. And this is why I think this is important. Food is fuel and it really makes your body feel different. Yeah. Like if I felt so great for these two weeks and had so much energy and was able to work more and enjoy my work and enjoy my exercise and I was really feeling accomplished, then why isn't that just like something that you do every day? Why do you sabotage yourself? Um, What is it about your psyche or... Well, you changed. You changed. Okay, that first week you were involved, emotionally invested in the excitement and the thrill of being better. Yeah. And that was a part and that was what was feeding your fun. It was fun for you. The second week, it got boring. You even said it. It wasn't fun. My lunch wasn't fun. So what you're looking for out of your food because of who you are is fun. You want it to be enlivening. Even if it's healthy, you want to be excited about it. But after you're eating the same thing for four days, it's not fun. So you need to find a way to eat healthy so that you're getting that piece of the enlivenment. But to be varied, you have to put more attention to it. You can't just, you can't be lazy about it. Which is the complete. If you want to be committed. This is the complete moral of the story. Yeah. Because you need it to be fun because this is what we do. Quite honestly, maybe if you didn't have a radio show about food, it would be different. But you talk about food. Food is your life. It's a big part of who you are. It's not just fuel. It never will be just fuel. No, it and isn't. So and Whole30 so... will have to be different for you. And I feel like if you accept that and accept that it's like you went in all or I don't think you can do all or nothing, which is what you try to do. You try to go, well, I'll just eat turkey and I'll have the same soup and the same thing and it'll I'm be boring so black and, and white. And then you went and you went off the wagon like you didn't just be like oh you couldn't because you were already you were so devoid of fun that you filled it in the wrong area. well and here's my husband said and whether i believe him or not i don't know because he's just generally making me crabby but <laughs> he was like you're so crabby like please eat some carbs because you are just crabby yeah i didn't feel crabby 
he was bugging me, but I don't know if that's, you know, we've been married 25 years. Yeah, you go through a, these yeah, periods say, where you're just staring before. at each other like, oh my gosh, we need to go on vacation is what we need to do. Um, so I don't know if like, because some people do get crabby oh, yeah. when they're not eating carbohydrates. You don't have that endorphin. No, but rush. I also think that you're in that space. That's why they say people cheat on this day because there is a hump you have to get over and it's part of creating habits, real habits in your life. And it's a part of the physiology of what's going on in your body. You will have to get over a hump in order for it to be a regular thing. The food choices too, um, like I ate a strawberry and this is crappy strawberry winter season yeah the strawberry tasted so good I know. like just the way it tasted I was know. really different than i remembered crappy winter strawberries tasting i feel like if you did the project vibrancy meals instead of well that doing... leads me to my top two an hour two okay so, so we'll, we'll hold off i'm just saying i think variety is gonna be your spice of life we yeah. have to take a quick break all right so because we're gonna keep talking about this later i think sure. okay yeah good all right you guys we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're actually talking about whiskey which Great. is gonna take you in the other direction so stay tuned this is the uh, weekly dish we're brought to you by red cow and red rabbit we'll be right back hey, welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us on this nippy morning if you will you know what would be really good to uh to to fix a nippy morning like this, maybe a little slug in your coffee. Hey. I'm not against it. It is the weekend, after all. Let's not forget. That's okay. So we are being joined by two lovely women in the uh, studio this morning. We have Molly and Haley, who formed the team of Women Who Whiskey, the Whoa. local chapter. Yes. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for is coming. Is there a in. national chapter? There is. There is. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about what is Women Who Whiskey. Um, so Women Who Whiskey is a club for women that features a bunch of different whiskey stuff um <laughs> but we are actually an international club yeah so it started in new york and now we have chapters as far flung as nairobi oh my god um toronto london mm-hmm. so it's all over the place the twin cities chapter though i hear is the best um, so. <laughs> rumor says rumor yeah. says i know i know so it was it was basically founded you know in my mind you know reading up on it when before like just when you guys had launched i was like well this seems like a duh for me you know what i mean (laughs) but it was literally that idea that it used to be when whiskey started to get really popular and bourbon started to really bubble up people were like you know it's kind of a man drink and you kept of course you're saying your big thing was it smelled Mm -hmm. like your grandma yep so there was this idea that you know there was there's this stigma attached to it and and it was sort of always talked about in male terms always Mm -hmm. and so the women were like you know what we love the whiskey ourselves and if we're just gonna get to band together to be able to explore it in our own ways then let's do it and so you guys saw the the international chapter like the new york chapter and you were like we can do this here right mm-hmm. yeah molly's uh actually really good friends with julia who started the organization so um sorry i'm just speaking on your behalf they grew up as childhood friends oh. and so that was how molly originally was involved and then i became involved in my backgrounds in event planning and i was like event planning and whiskey and whiskey in the same thing so molly and i formed a pretty fast ven- friendship and yeah um, been, have been thick as thieves ever since. And so we host monthly events in the Twin Cities. Um, we try and kind of stick to the end of the month, um, but it, it varies a little bit according to venue and um, and program. And we always try and do something different. So we've done distillery tours. We've done whiskey dinners. We've done pairing events like whiskey and chocolate. Yep. Um, we've done cocktail classes. And, you know, we're kind of spoilt for choice here in the Twin Cities, especially lately with all the fun distilleries that are popping sure. up. 
So in like two to three years here, we're going to have even more, you know, because they're all on their vodka and gin right now. Yeah, it takes a while for the whiskey to brew. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What would be the right word? Yeah. Mature. Mature. Yeah. And we don't discriminate. You know, we've definitely done things um, at some of the new distilleries that are more vodka and gin focused as well, because our members are certainly interested in that. But Mm -hmm. um, how many members do you have? Well, right now we have about 700 people on our mailing list. So we don't have a membership fee. Um, Basically, you can go to our website, uh, womenwhowhiskey.club, .club, not .com. Um, And if you go to the join page, you can find the uh, international chapters on there and you just click on them. And once you join on there, you're a member and we'll send you our monthly email and... That's all it takes to be a woman who whiskeys. And so the events, just basically you guys post the events. You mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going to go to Jay Carver Distillery and mm-hmm. do a little tour. And you can sign up and yep. you can go. But, you know, the big thing is it fills up, right? It does. You guys have yes. sold out. Have you sold out every single event you've ever done? Last year, every single event sold out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we were, it, it's, it kind, they kind of move quickly. Yeah. Um, so this one is a bit bigger in scale, you know. Typically with the distillery events, we like to keep them smaller so it's more conversational. This one is a bit bigger, and so we still have tickets left for this. So we, what we're talking about is we have, what are we calling it? The Whiskey, Whiskey Queen, Queen Costume Contest. <laughs> oh, my God. This is one of my favorite things. It's going to be so crazy. If you follow them on Instagram, you really, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. So this is happening on Tuesday, January 30th at the Lexington. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what's happening. So, um, this one is less of an educational focused event and it's really (laughs) about, uh, kind of getting out of hibernation mode. I mean, this has been a rough winter. I think we can all say it. Yes. It's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. It's it's only been 12 days, 13 days. (laughs) 2018 is not shaping up to be the savior from 2017. Like we thought. I don't know. I'm feeling optimistic. Maybe I feel good. We're going to have a whiskey queen, which we've never had before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to have, uh, our ladies come in and, there's going to be a welcome cocktail and lots of hors d'oeuvres from the Lexington. There's going to be games. And then we are going to, amongst our peers, vote on our favorite costume. It's a costume contest. It's a costume, costume contest. Yeah. Yes. And you can look, again, look at your Instagram. They have put up pictures of women in whiskey. Yeah. And there are a surprisingly more amount than, and actually there's a really great book about women and the women who basically helped the whiskey uh, you know, industry blossom because there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There are there's a lot of quite behind a the scenes women who um, I didn't realize until we started posting those mm-hmm. who, you know, were the wives of distillery owners mm-hmm. or the daughters of distillery owners and moved up. And, um, you know, it's really interesting and fascinating to see. And, and along with that, there are a lot of celebrity women, yes. obviously. You know, True. there are some of the more well known. People like Janice Joplin and um, you really, know, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Ella also Fitzgerald. Like, Ella Fitzgerald and um, Betty Davis were in a Jim. Were in print um, print ads for Jim Beam back wow. in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't that amazing. Which is super cool to see that you know back in the day Jim Beam. And they continued, obviously, with Mila, Mila. Kunis now. Yeah. So, you know Mila. It's, it's, yeah. You know me and Mila. Um, I will tell you that mine, of course, if I were to uh, don, figure out how to make myself look like Rita Takatsuru from the woman who is the wife of uh, Masahiro Takatsuru, who started the Japanese whiskey. He went to Scotland. He met Rita. 
married her, brought, mm-hmm. and then took all of the distilling knowledge of how to do whiskey back to Japan. And that's where that comes us. from. It's so because of went, Rita. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes, I know. And when you go to their, when you go to Nika, I was at the Nika distillery up awesome. in, I know, up in uh, Hokkaido. And they, the entire thing is this homage to Rita. It is literally a love story that basically started a national whiskey industry. Well, Sweet. and on that note, too, we are going to be having a grand prize donated by Suntory, oh, which mm-hmm. is boys a, and girls. a Japanese whiskey yes. distiller. Yes. Um, yeah, there's going to be prizes. It's yeah. going to be really fun-loving. And it's going to be a very broad interpretation of the theme. It doesn't have to be a, a woman <laughs> associated with it. You can be conceptual. You can be uh, a little crazy. You can... It could be a whiskey product or a whiskey cocktail. You, you can come, come, come as, as an old-fashioned. Yes. <laughs> you can come as whatever Just come you like. A cherry. Yes. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. Can I ask you guys, outside of this event... If you're listening right now and you want to go get your whiskey on in the yep. Twin Cities, are there places that you like more than others or that you would recommend for people to do a whiskey exploration? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I one of my favorites is Jay Carver. I am like a uh, Jay Carver super fan. Yeah, um, that's Gina, Gina Holman. She's yes. been on the show before. And she's amazing. She will, her, her and her team over there are just they make everything so approachable. So, yeah. And they have a really nice line of whiskeys now. They keep coming out with new products. So it's a really good place to go. If you don't know where it is, it's in um, Waconia. So it's a little bit of a trip. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a designated driver down there or spend the day there. Um, but they have a cocktail room so you can hang out there. They have six or seven whiskeys yeah. in their lineup yep. now, I think. Besides um, rye, they've got their bourbon yeah. and they've got, yeah, they've got yeah. a couple more coming. Yeah. And I just went to a really fun new spot that I hadn't been to before. It's called Brunson's Pub. Oh, <laughs> we're I huge Brunson. Thomas and Molly. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome. We are and total it's fans. beautiful inside mm-hmm. and they've got a decent whiskey list. I'm going to try to do an event there maybe. Oh, later. They have great yeah. food and they have an event space upstairs. Well, there you go. Well, thank done, you so done much done. It's <laughs> quite, quite large. Actually, yeah, yeah. So that's just a newbie, but I mean, there's so many places that you can get a whiskey in this town. Yeah, some are some are more. Um, I, I would say more easy as a starter level place yeah. than others. Um, but you know, most of the bartenders in town, I think, are seeing this mm-hmm. curiosity, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what our club is all about. Is you don't have to be a whiskey expert. I think both of us would say. Neither of us are whiskey experts, but we're curious. You're on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the really fun thing. And I think part of our club being women only is it can feel intimidating, especially in a group setting, to ask questions of a bartender or a distiller. You know, um, you think you're going to be the only one who doesn't know the answer and stuff. And so I think having a women only group makes that a lot more. uh, It takes the intimidation out a lot. And so. Our group is pretty diverse. We have um, women who are in their early 20s, right up into their 70s. We have women of all different backgrounds, professional backgrounds. And um, and so that's what's really fun is just seeing women get together and um, and enjoy that. that and I, I bet, like, I mean, we talk about like men and men getting together in bars and men things. What else? Ha- <laughs> when you put women together in a room, whatever it is. We tend to talk, we tend to share, we make community, we make connections. So even if you're just someone that's in business and you want to meet some new people. Absolutely. It's like the most fun networking. Yeah. Yeah. With the brown. Network with the brown. A lot of our members are transplants too. And people just looking for companionship and like new friends. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say I've made 
at least a dozen friends yep. that are like love. people I hang out with outside of the club. Yep. I love it. So. All right, you guys. So this event, again, it's on Tuesday, January 30th. It's at the Lexington yep. and tickets are $40 yep. and you get, you know, basically a welcome cocktail, appetizers, access to stuff and just a lot of fun. Yes. So and, and tickets can be bought online. Yep. So uh, if you go to Eventbrite, it's whiskeyqueen.eventbrite.com or you can find them on our Facebook page, which is Women Who Whiskey Twin Cities Chapter. Okay. And I did we, put a link to did that. Did you put it up? Okay. Page. So we're going to do that. So thanks for coming in, ladies. So we'll have you us. back in and maybe we can break down some of our favorite malts. We can Yay. sip we some can mash sip. and talk trash. Yeah, it needs to be, yeah. I know. All right. Thanks for coming. Thank we'll be right back. This thing. is the Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish, gang. Guess what? This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call, 651 641 1071. Just give us a call. You can ask us anything you need about recipes, about where to eat. You can ask us about Instapot. whiskey, Instant Pot. You can Whole do 30. anything. Or Broth. you can give us tips. Have you seen something around town you want to make sure that we shout out? We'd love did to you hear. you eat something and love it? Yes, we that always. I really want to know Always about. love that. Um, you can also then, of course, uh, send us a little note on the Twitters. I'm at Steph March. She's at Stephanie's Dish. And we can uh, answer you there, too, if you need. Uh, we did have a caller. What was the one with the location? Okay, there's a woman who is looking for a location for 20... Uh, what is this? She's having a milestone birthday. Her 50th okay. birthday is coming up and she wants the 20 people. She wants it to be fun, memorable, quaint, and sophisticated. Fun, memorable, quaint, and sophisticated. And sophisticated. So I would say get the back room at Grand Cafe. Do that big table in the back room at Grand Cafe. Oh, that sounds good. Because they know how to bring up the fun. They know how to like, they will serve you beautiful pink bubbles in these elegant, sophisticated glasses. But it's fun. You know, it's not going to be like, and, and because you're in your private room, you can whoop it up however you want. You can. Yeah. I'm trying to think a uh, location for 20 that I might do. I think I might do Heyday. Oh, that's a good idea. In the too. back room there. Yep. That's sophisticated food. Mm-hmm. It would be quaint because mm-hmm. you'd be in your own environment. It'd be memorable because yep. just your friends are memorable. Well, yeah. Um, I don't want to like spoil anything here, but, but uh, someone else in this room might be having a 50 birthday coming up this year. Are you having the five? Uh, am I talking oh. like Forrest Gump? Oh, my God. But I'm thinking about these things like, hmm, what am I, what what am I going to do, do for your big What am I going to do for your big five O? We don't know, huh? Um, I still don't know. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll noodle on that one for sure. So 651-641-1071 if you have any questions. Looks like we did have a caller who called in and wanted to know any low-carb menus at restaurants. And I would say... Mm, agriculture. Yeah. I would say if you go to Mill Valley Kitchen, which is sort of a higher-end you know, restaurant that has all the stuff listed on... You know, the so you can decide, like you can read how many carbs you want out of something. They also and then agriculture is also a place that has everything listed and lets you know what's like gluten free or whatever. And I would say that if you're going low carb, you're basically trying to go gluten free. You know, I mean, like there's a there's a pretty easy trade off there. I would say if you're focusing on vegetables like that, you could check out, um, you know, places like uh, I mean, I don't know if there's, and, and now that I'm looking at this, I don't know if there's any specific low carb menus. You know what I mean? I think right. people don't, aren't trying to do low carb as much on the restaurant scene. They're trying to give you choices, choices, but then they're trying to respect dietary restrictions and people aren't restricted by carbs. That's a choice versus like gluten free, which is a, you know, right. More of a restriction, a health thing. I don't know. That seems to me. We have a caller on the line. We have oh. Christy on the line. Hi, hey, Christy. hey, Christy, what's up? 
Hi, I love you guys. Um, so here's my question. I was going to ask Instapot, but instead I'm asking um, <laughs> what are maybe two easy freeze-ahead um, breakfast casseroles? Okay. Easy maybe f- one with hash brown, one not. Oh, can you freeze hash browns and still make them come out good? I've never done that. In a casserole I- that's already pre-cooked, sure. Okay. Okay, how? Okay. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh you are going do you want to um do you want any baking on the day? I would bake sure that morning, but I I was thinking how I could throw them in the, you know, freeze ahead and then just really easily just pop them in the oven the next day. I really think what I would do is um do either in muffin cups or oh. in ramekins. And so what you would do is you spray them, right? So that you can get the stuff out. And then you're going to make like a little bacon or sausage, whatever. You're going to have your onions, maybe a little spinach, red pepper. Put all of this into your cup and then beat your eggs. Okay, whip, 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 whip. And then pour that into your muffin cup. Top it with cheese maybe if you want. And then bake it. And then you just heat them up in the microwave. Wait, oh, I like are you saying, okay, you do bake them. You weren't saying freeze that. You're saying I, I you, you bake free, them and, and then, then you freeze can them. freeze them. So yeah, they're okay. like pucks, yeah. right, that you put in a yeah. Ziploc bag and then heat up on your way. Is this for it's a group or is this just I'm, for you eating? I'm a hockey mom, so I like pucks. Um, yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking just for a family, like four oh, yeah. to six people. Yeah, and those work. I like to do freeze ahead things, so, I, so the day of things are just easy. Yeah, and these wouldn't even have to be baked. You'd literally just mic them to be done. Ooh. I like that. Yeah, so okay. they're already cooked. And undercook them just a tiny bit. Okay. So that when you heat them up in the microwave, they're going to get a little bit firmer. When I mean undercook, not runny, not but, runny just but just soft. like a little yeah. soft on the top. Right. <laughs> I okay. with you. Awesome. Thanks, Christy. Okay, thank you. There you go. All right, we also have David on the line. Hi, David. Hey, David, what's going on? Hi, guys. What's, Hi. What's up today? So, so my question is kind of the ever unanswered question. I'm trying to find a place for a groom's dinner for my nephew who's oh. getting married in February. So it's coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Somewhere they're they're kind of up in the Elk River Andover type area. Wondering if you know of any good spots, probably for about 40 people or so. Okay. Okay. So they're kind of northern a little bit. Yep. Yeah, they kind of want to stick. That's kind of where everything's happening. They want to stick a little bit more north side. Um, have you ever heard of Milton's or anything? It's up. Uh, is that the one like in Golden Valley or Crystal or something? Yeah, it's in Crystal. And okay. it's kind of this cute little place. And it's um, it's uh, it's a family-run thing. And they do scratch cooking. And it's kind of this very sweet little you know, it's a really undersung place and it's not super fancy food, but it's really good food. And it might be a, they have a great little bar. They do ribs. They do all sorts of, you know, they've got great vino. It's kind of fun. OK, that's a good option. OK. Um, What else you got? Oh, I am looking and I mean, I can get as close to Maple Grove. And if we do Pittsburgh Blue, they've got some private rooms. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. That Pittsburgh Blue is really nice. It is nice. And they've got private dining there and you could pre-order. I think they would be able to do a good job for you if you could get as far as Maple Grove. Okay. Um, they have a nice they have nice private dining there. Yeah. Okay. Does that help you out? It does. I was just coming up blank. <laughs> well, there's two places to call and try. Yeah, give them a like, shot. Can't we just go to Minneapolis? Yeah. <laughs> K- 
can you? you there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> otherwise we have a lot more open. I will tell you that if you can get everybody down to Minneapolis, you know, it's a really fun little place is, is Bardo. Which is in, yeah. although if you're doing 40 people, that might be the entire space. Okay, you could yeah. probably get it for that. They the, don't have any private dining. No, today. you're looking for private uh, space, right? Kind of, well, private or semi-private. Yeah, that's Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah, I really have been liking them and stuff. Yeah, that's does, great. I've been there too. Oof. The Monte Carlo too, one of those back rooms. They've got that two, one is small, but one I think would accommodate 40 people and it's kind of masculine in there. Yeah. That's okay, and you could get a, a limo to yeah. I mean, you could to get I mean, a bus or something. Isn't super cost prohibitive, right? You know, it's also okay. is fun. Is kind of, and I always think this is fun. But that mezzanine at Smack Shack, yeah. you know, because that's like if you're doing because you're private, but you're kind of part of the action, you know. And so it's like you kind of you. It's open, so you can hear the buzz of the bar and the people, but yet it's kind it's private and you're in its up own above. space. Yeah, if you can get them okay. downtown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Thanks, lady. All right, Thank good you. luck, David. Yeah, it's always the groom sitters are tough ones, right? Because you do kind of want to have be able to do speeches and you want to have it be quiet, yep. quiet-ish, but you also want it to be fun. And fun is, I think, ranks over quiet-ish if I had to... If you had to choose. ...be ranking. I love it. Well, let's rank away. A groom's dinner. <laughs> All right, you guys. Oh, the Kenwood. Uh, Kendall's. Yes, there it is. Kendall's Tavern and Shop House. There yep. we go. All right, we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit.